Turn in your Bibles with me tonight to the book of 3 John. Book of 3 John. Now, next week's not going to be as predictable. I mean, y'all know, what, what's the book after 3 John? Revelation. We've, we've already done that. Angie, we're not doing Huh? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Jude. We might do Jude. I'm, thank you. I'm, listen to me. I'm, mm, we might do, God might tell me to do Jude. But we're not going all the way to Revelation. Thank you. Thank you. See, I'm not beyond reproach. Amy tries to tell me that all the time. Uh, but I, I don't know exactly where we're going to go. Last week, we started and finished the book of 2 John. We learned that John may, uh, may not have been writing this letter to an elect lady, but to a congregation of believers who may have been congregating in this elect lady's home. And the children were believers, could have been believers, who were gathering. We heard John uh, commend some, not all, but some who were continuing to walk in the truth. Not all, but some. We heard John warn of deceivers who were trying to insert false doctrines within the new church. John, John said uh, not to welcome those, those people into their homes or have anything to do with them, not even to bid them welcome. John also reminded us that we are to love as we have been loved by God, that this love would help us to see who real Christians and who believers were as well as who the deceivers were. Tonight, we're going to hear another word from the same writer. So again, 3 John. <clears throat> 3 John, to the elder, to my dear friend Gaius, whom I love in truth, dear friend, I pray that you may prosper in every way and be in good health, just as your soul prospers. For I was very glad when, when some brothers came and testified of your faithfulness to the truth, how you are, are walking in the truth. I have, I have no greater joy than this to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Dear friend, you are showing your faith by whatever you do for the brothers. And this, you're doing for... What does that say? Sh strangers. Church, it's one thing to be, you know, doing the work of the Lord for, the, for our brothers. That's easy, right? To, to reach out and to love our brothers. But this Gaius guy, he was doing it for strangers. And not only that, verse 6 says this, they have testified to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on, the, on a journey in a manner worthy of God. Since they, they set out for the sake of, of the name, accepting nothing from pagans. Therefore, we ought to, we, we ought to support such men so that we can be co-workers with the truth. I wrote something to the church through Diatrophes, who loves to have first place among them. Do not deceive us uh, uh, among them. Does not receive us. This is why I have come. Uh, this is why if I come, I will remind him of the works he is doing, slandering us with malicious words. And he is not satisfied with that. He not only refuses to welcome the brothers himself, but he even stops those who want to do so and expels them from the church. Dear friend, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. The, ones who does, 
does good is of God. The one who does evil is not, not seen, seen God. Demetrius has a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself. And we also testify for him. And you know that our testimony is true. I have many things to say to you, but I do not want to write them to you with pen and ink. I hope to see you soon, and we will talk face to face. Peace be with you. The friends send, the, send you greetings. Greet the friends by name. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, again, we, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for allowing us to come and hear your word. We pray for those who have come tonight, and we thank you, God, that there's still a, a desire to hear and to, to learn more about you. We pray that you would be with those who aren't here for whatever reason, God. We pray that you would just touch their hearts, remind them who they are, and remind them who they belong to, Lord. We pray that very soon that everybody will feel safe and comfortable coming back into your house to learn more about you. In Jesus' name I do pray, and all God's children said, amen. <clears throat> John Phillips says this about the, the last two letters of John, which are John 2 and John 3. He says, we get a picture of John's last two letters of the feeling of desperate urgency of the surrounding situations. Now, as, as I continue to read of what John Phillips says, I want you to just look and feel the surrounding, you know, what's going on around us. Because what the, the commentary that I read out of, it's, it's like 15, 20 years old, Okay. He says, John Phillips continues and says, John is the last of the apostles alive, and he's old. The times are uncertain. Nero has, has, is gone, but domination will soon pick up what Nero's policy of Christian persecution left behind. Error is abroad. Tares are growing profusely, springing up everywhere among the wheat. And Christians are squabbling. I thank God we don't have that. Aren't you? I, I'm, I mean, really, I'm serious. I can't thank you enough. I have been here December will be nine years, and there's only been two or three times where I've had to deal with Christian squabbling. That's amazing. I mean, do y'all not think it's amazing? It really is. But John Phillips is, is, is addressing this. He goes on to say, he says, John's last two letters are mere memos, just memos. But the Holy Spirit urged him to write them. He, the Holy Spirit breathed into them. He saw that they were preserved, brought them into the divine library, added them to the Bible as, as almost John's very last words. Church, listen. Philip says we should certainly not make the mistake of under, underestimating the importance simply because they are brief. These are important. They're in the Word of God. Amen. We can glean from this. We can learn from this. We can understand from these words. So let's look at the night scripture. As we glance at the first few verses, we're once again compelled to ask the question as who exactly is this person that John's writing this letter? Now last week we, we left a little undetermined as to who the actual person or person John was writing. This week it may be a little easier to come up with an answer. Philip says Gaius was evidently a person of some prominence in the local church where he resided. He was a man with a pastor's heart, a true shepherd of the sheep, and glaring contrast with the man in the church who fought for a position of authority seen in verse 9. So we see a, 
a, a contrast here. You see two pictures of two different pastors. Gaius, which John is applauding. And we see Diotrephus, who is, you know, he, he was horrible. He just wanted a position of power within the church. As you look across the landscape of churches today, I'm afraid we have more of the second than we do the first. And that's, that's sad. I mean, as we're scratching our heads in the days to come, as we see the, the, the church falling and faltering, I don't know if y'all saw it or not, but just this past week, another mega church associate pastor was caught in, in a, an adulterous situation, and he had to step down. Satan is alive and well, church. He's, 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 he's in the church. He's trying to conquer and divide. And the letter that, that John is writing, he's trying to show Gaius, hey, listen, it, 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 it's not as beautiful as it is at your church. You need to, to applaud what's taking place. And I'm applauding you. I'm going to continue to applaud you. But be aware, be warned. Why? That it doesn't happen where you are. Amen? Our love is going to carry us through all situations. Listen, up until the rapture of the church, if we'll allow it to. Amen, church? Now, we then see in verse 2, John gives words of blessings for what others, for what others have testified about Gaius' actions. John blesses him with prosperity in every aspect. He blesses him with good health and with his soul to continue to prosper. Church, that's a good blessing. I would like to have that kind of blessing every single day of my life. What is it? What is it do you think that merits such a blessing? You go back tonight and you read that blessing. Griffin, he blessed, he blessed that man. He blessed him and blessed him and blessed him. What is it that merits such a blessing as this? Well, we don't have to wonder because John states why he feels this man deserves such a blessing in the very next verses. Well, what, what does John say about Gaius? Number one, other brothers testified to John. Other brothers. In contrast to who? Himself. Other brothers testified of Gaius' testimony to John. Well, what's so special about this testimony from others? Proverbs 27, 2 says this. It says, let another praise you and not your own mouth. A stranger and not your own lips. Let, let, let's say that again. Let, an, <clears throat> let another praise you and not your own mouth. A stranger and not your own lips. Church, we're pretty good, pretty, pretty, pretty much always uh, going to think that, that a, a little higher of ourselves, right? That, that's what we do. I mean, we, we don't necessarily put ourselves up on a pedestal, but when we do actions that are good, we pat ourselves on the back, right? Say, I'm a good Christian. We may even boast about what we do for others from time to time. <coughs> but when others take notice and they give testimony of what and who you are, this is a badge of honor. This really is. This is a badge of honor. Someone testified of what Gaius had done. Church, we can take two things away from that. The first one is the natural, what we see. What we saw was somebody who was just humbly serving God and somebody took notice and they testified of what he was doing. The second thing we need to do is, is, is see this. 
when we see people doing things out of the ordinary, we need to praise them. We really do. We need to testify. We need to give them that praise. Amen? I, I have learned more about being a Christian and a Christian walk probably from my wife than anybody else. I am, I am not patient. I'm not. And sometimes when, you know, when it's just her and I and I'm not in the pulpit, I'll say things about <clears throat> things that are going on and she looks at me and Angie, she says, you can't act that way and, and be a Christian. Miss Barbara, you need to retire that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but I've learned. I, I watch. I listen to other people. See, I don't have patience, but she does. Just, just yesterday, we were at the flea market. And I, and I treasure our time together, and I try on, on Fridays and Saturdays. I, I try when I, when I leave here on Thursdays, I tr Fridays and Saturdays, I, I try to keep it just me and her. And I get on her when she schedules something on our time. I get mad, don't I? So we're at the flea market, minding our own business, just, you know, enjoying and we walk into it, walk up to, and there's a lady that y'all, if I called her name, y'all would know. She's not a member here, but she's, you know, she, she's very visible in our neighborhood. And she took her time. And it bothered me at first, Gary. When we first, when, when I, it bothered me. Because I'm, I'm like, well, it's good to see you. Hey, is there anything we can pray for you about? Listen, I, good to see Hey, come see us Sunday. Stood there and talked for about 20, 30 minutes. In times past, in times past, you know, I, I'd, be, I'd get mad. I'd say, look, you know, we got to go. We, we got to go. We, we've got to meet somebody. I mean, I'd, I'd come up with some excuse. You know what I've learned, Mike? I just walked around. I just walked around. That, that's, that's, that's ministry. That, that's ministry. That, that's what he's talking about here. It's easy. It's so easy. Deborah, it's easy for family. It's, it's easy to minister to family. It's easy to minister to, to people, to, to brothers and sisters, to see a, a need in our church. It's, it's easy to, to see somebody in our church suffering and say, we need to do something to help them. But that's not what Gaius did. He helped a stranger. He treated a stranger like a brother. And that's where we as a church, not just this church, but as the church whole, we, we, we struggle with that. Well, they deserve what they got. You know, they, they put themselves in that situation and they abused something and, and, and they are the way they are because it's their own fault. Aren't you glad we didn't get what we deserved? I, I am. I'm glad I didn't get what I deserved. I'm glad I'm not going to get what I deserved. Now, John says Gaius was faithful to the truth and walking in the truth. He was faithful to the truth and walking in the truth. And the words of today that we can all understand. This guy Aeus was not just giving people lip service. He was walking what he was talking. 
Too many times Christians will speak of how they love the Lord, but their actions do not support that they, what they say. This man, Gaius, was worthy. Was he perfect? Absolutely not. He, he was, he, as long as he's a, he, a man, he's not going to be perfect. But, but he was striving to serve the one he present, professed to belong to. And that's who we need to be. So too many times, and I just told you, I'm guilty of this. I'm impatient. I act before I think. And, and we need to be careful about doing that. When something irritates us, we, instead of acting, we need to step back and say, okay, hold on a second. Is this an opportunity? I know it's, it's crazy, but is this an opportunity for me to, to put my Christian that I say I'm in, in action? Can I, can I minister to this person instead of thinking in my mind they're trash and walking away. Church, we're all trash without Jesus. Y'all know that, right? We're we're worthy of nothing. We learned two weeks ago, the only righteousness we have is from Jesus. And without that righteousness, we're unrighteous. And that's trash, right? It really is. We see in verse 4 that John speaks of the joy he has received from the, the, the testimony of Gaius. John calls him one of my children. Did y'all see that? He says, one of my children. Meaning that John most likely had something to do with him receiving Christ as, as his Savior or that he had sat under John's teaching at some point in his life. This was an intimate, endearing word of praise. We also see that John has joy at at, at just knowing that one of his own is continuing to walk in the faith as so many walk away from Christ when the first sign of persecution takes place in their lives. Church, Gaius has stood firm in his faith. I hope that Somebody looks at us someday and says, boy, he stood firm in his faith. Boy, she has stood firm in his faith. She, she has faced all kinds of adversity. And, and there's been times where she, she should have walked away. I would have walked away. But, but she has stood firm in her faith. We see in verses 5 through 8 that Gaius, Gaius went above and beyond in his walk of faith. And John desires to reward he and others, not just Gaius, had, had gone above and beyond in their, in their walks of faith. And John desires to reward such work if possible. Now, let me try to insert this because this is kind of confusing. I read this three or four times and it's still, you know, what took place? The reason John is writing this letter is he had written a previous letter and it didn't make it. Y'all with me? It didn't make it. Well, why didn't it make it? Well, we'll get to that here in a second. This, this, this next guy did something with it. But it didn't make it, and he is, he is wanting this letter to make it. Evidently, th- there was a group of people that John was sending to this church, and they, didn't, they never heard any confirmation about it because the letter was destroyed. So this really is a second letter to the same church because the first one was gone. Now, This is what he says in verse 5 through 8. He says this. He says, so now I urge you. Oh, goodness gracious. Uh, Verse 5 says this. Dear friend, you are showing your faith by whatever you do 
for, for, for your brothers, and this you are doing for strangers. They have testified of your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God, since they set out for the sake of the, uh, of, of the name uh, accepting nothing from pagans. Therefore, we ought to support such men so that we can be co-workers with the truth. So what they were trying to do was John was trying to get support for these men to go. Now, we then see John switch directions. Speaking of a man who called himself a believer, but was not acting like one who knew Jesus at all in verses 9 and 10. He says this, he says, I wrote something to the church, by, but Diotrephus, uh, who loves to have first place among them, does not receive us. This is why if I come, I will remind him of his works he is doing, slandering us with malicious words. And he is not satisfied with just that. He not only refuses to welcome the brothers himself, but he even stops those who want to do so and expels them from the church. That's not a nice guy, is it? But he was in the church. How in the world did he get there? He, he was one of those that he started coming to church and coming to church. And he, he would come to church. He would probably come to church with his wife, right? That, that's how we start. We come to church with his wife. And, and somebody in the church found out that he owned a very successful business. So he must be, I mean, he's, quali he's coming to church and he's got a successful business. You know what that means, right? He's qualified to be a deacon. Doesn't happen here. He slips in the back door. And somebody was like, oh, man, he, he is such a, he, do y'all know how much he's tithing? I mean, he's, he's I, you know, I, giving. Do you know how, I mean, you know how much he's giving? We, we need to, he needs a Sunday school. He needs a Sunday school class. You know, the preacher's going to be out next week. We ought to ask him if he'll, he'll he's, he's a good speaker. Well, let's, all of a sudden. He's elevated to a status that he, does, he, doesn't, he doesn't need to be in. I, I hope that y'all have never seen that. Have y'all ever seen that here at this church? I've seen it in two different churches that I've served in. This, this, this is my place of employment, but this is a ministry. It's not a job. And when it becomes a job and not a ministry, that's when it's time for us to part ways. Amen? It really is. There's a difference. And this is what John's warning about tonight. Who is this man? Who, who was this man? Scholars believe that he was a, a man who had wiggled his way into a pastor's position in a local church. John had sent a letter to receive some, some brothers who were either going to go to this church or, or that John was sending. This, this, this man destroyed the letter and did not receive those brothers, but he could not destroy the words that he was sending to Gaius. Gaius would also know and be warned of this wrongdoing. Now, how in the world? I mean, he sent one letter. How, how in the world is he, 
how is he going to get by this guy? I mean, he, he seems to have a, a stronghold in this church. And I mean, not only is he not receiving the brothers, uh, but I mean, if, if, I, if we were in this church and I said, look, let, let, let's let these brothers come. John, John has referred them and he says they're, they're good and, and they can minister out in the community. And, and not only if I was to make that suggestion, Desi, this guy, Diatra, he was kicking them out. He was saying, shut your mouth, get out. He was kicking them out of the church. So how can John get around this guy? Well, I'm glad you asked. We then see a word of warning in verse 11. Look at verse 11. Verse 11 says this. It says, Dear friend, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. The one who does good is of God. The one who does not is evil and was not, has not seen God. And then we get to verse 12. Well, hold on a second. I'm, I'm, I'll make sure I'm not going to. Okay, here we go. We now come to another name that we must figure out who, who, who it was. So verse 12 is this. Verse 12 says this. It says, Demetrius has a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself, and we also testify for him, and, 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 and you know that our testimony is true. So we've come to this new figure, and we've got to figure out who it is. John wrote of them, uh, of them for some reason. John Phillips believed that Demetrius was the one who would deliver this letter to Gaius. So y'all underline as, as, and put postmaster or postman, mailman. So he was the one who was going to deliver the, the letter as the first letter had been sent and did not make it because of jealousy of diatrophies. Phillips believes that John was sending Gaius and a like-minded colleague to work in the local church. Makes sense, doesn't it? We see in verse 13 and 14 the, the normal uh, salutations of those days. Look at verse 13. It says, I have many things to write you, but I don't want to write to you with pen and ink. I hope to see you, and we will talk face to face. Peace be with you. The friends send greetings to you. Greet the friends by name. We know that John had a fear as he wrote all three of these letters. He looked at the current circumstances in the church and in the world, and he was worried about believers leaving the church and pastor saying faithful to the Lord. Do y'all get a grip of where we are today? And why God led us to go through 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John? I mean, and, and listen, this, this is even crazier. God knew when we first started in 1st John that the coronavirus was going to hit and we were going to be out of, of church on Sunday night for I don't, how many weeks were we out on Sunday night? I, I don't even, I, huh? Yeah, months. And then we started, and we're talking about the same things that were taking place at the same time when John's writing these letters. Does that not amaze you? I hope it does. John had no idea that his fear would in a short time arise in a carnal and worldly power as clergy would rise to papal domination in the church. But it happened because of the pride of man. That's why it happened. Man's pride. That's why it's continuing to happen in the church today, because man's pride. But the real church, 
The real, authentic church stretched forth its wings through love and humility like we have seen in the life of this man, Gaius. We heard tonight what others had to say about Gaius. What do others say about you? Let's all stand. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Father, we thank you for your word. And we thank you for this short letter. Help us, Lord, to to know that there's importance even in few words. Help us to go back tonight and read just this short book. And help us to ask ourselves, Lord, how does this apply to us? And Lord, I pray that your spirit would reveal how it applies to us in our lives. In Jesus' name I do pray. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed, do you need to come down and just spend some time at the altar?